Anyway, I've got one of these Christmas club things and uh, was able to save a pretty penny this year. So, in addition to our annual Christmas feast at Denny's... <laughs> this year, we're getting presents. Oh, we're getting presents. I can't believe it. Yes! Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Welcome in the Wonderland. Hey guys, it's the Married with Children podcast, the show that lets you see what life would be like if you were never born. My name is Al, and welcome to Uncle Al's Christmas Tot Lounge. You leave them, we love them. Jamie, uh, get down off the Xerox machine and, and introduce yourself. I'm Jamie. I'm frigid. Pleasures of the flesh muddy the thinking. <laughs> yeah, okay. The football team retired her jersey. <laughs> Hi, guys, I'm Dan, and if I was one of the guys down at the post office, Donnelly, I'd be unwrapping your wife! <laughs> Alright, guys, we are reviewing It's a Bundy Full Life, Part 1. When Al fails to make it to the bank in time, the Bundys risk spending another holiday presentless, unless he can make some quick cash. <clears throat> this is directed by Jerry Cohen. Writers Michael Moy and Ron Levitt, the creators, wrote this episode which we just had happen in oh what a feeling so it's not a normal thing but now they uh are completely involved in the writing process well you could tell why too this would be an episode that i would want yeah i would say okay i'm gonna handle this one guys yeah absolutely especially considering what we know about kennison later on so yeah Mm mm-hmm and uh, there's a landmark episode. This is the first appearance of Ted McGinley, and like Dan said, a legendary appearance of the legend Sam Kennison uh, in the second half. Both of them, actually, but still, it's a it's a two parter. This uh, two part episode is the only episode that was ever released on VHS from Married with Children that people could buy. Oh. Nice. Yeah, if you go on IMDb and look up, it's a Bundy for Life Part Two. You could actually see the cover of the VHS. Nice. Actually, I own this VHS. Um, me and the listener Christina PA. I, I don't know if she's. I don't know if she just um, doesn't want her full name online or whatever. So she writes PA or PA. I don't know what it is, but she's on her Facebook group page. Uh, her and I were talking. And we both bought this VHS tape on eBay uh, the same week. So we both own it. And we're going to talk about this episode. Even though this is a two-part episode, we will uh, loosely talk about the second half of this during the first half review. If if it comes up in any way that seems like it's worth it or whatever. Um, so you might hear little fragments. Like our opening intro is a lot, you know, a couple of the jokes were from the second half of this. So uh, when we review this again next week, the second half, 
Um, we will have uh, all new jokes uh, for our intro that may be from the first half. I don't even know. <laughs> but um, we have to break this up in two. We normally review these two-parters in one show. But I already know we're going to have tons to talk about just on this first half alone. We're going to definitely have tons to talk about in the second half. And it will end up being like a three-hour show. So I don't really want to do that. I don't want to commit people to that either. You know, it's it's nice to hear a podcast maybe go an hour, an hour and a half maybe. But three is a little bit too much to review a 22-minute episode of anything, you know. But I'm sure we'll have enough to say and it will be... Uh, it will not be filler stuff, you know, I mean, we'll have good stuff to say, I, I promise that. So, this is a pretty big episode that way, the only one available besides what's always airing on TV until they release those DVDs, and the appearance of those two guys, and we all know that Ted McGinley comes back as Jefferson Darcy as a permanent cast member on the show, and uh, as we talked about on the first episode of the Married with Children podcast, Sam Kennison was actually supposed to play Al Bundy on this show, along with Roseanne Barr as Peg Bundy. Can you imagine that? Wow. They would be shrilly screeching at each other the entire time. That would be, that would be everything the show consisted of. <laughs> yeah. Because Sam Kennison is basically Roseanne in a wig. <laughs> right. And they would definitely have to uh, tailor that character more to his sensibilities. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And especially with Roseanne. That's just a different dynamic. But uh, that's fun to think about, yeah. She would be a totally different character altogether, though, because there are so many her... I mean, it would just be a very different animal, the show overall. I would actually kind of like to see an alternate universe. Right. I was going to say, I would never want to lose this, but... I, I would like to see like an eight episode attempt of a maybe a different TV show in the same vein with those two. Right. Well, and it's all fine in their avenue, though, for everybody. Right. Because that was the thing back then. Right. And I mean, I guess technically it still is. They still use comedians. But that was the thing, like stand up comedians making the move into into TV a lot. And, you know, that's why, like with Roseanne, they were she was going to get her own show eventually. You know, it was just finding finding right. the perfect fit for her. So so it was like a common thing. But yeah, in like an Elseworld situation, I would have loved to see that one go down. Yeah. Do we know why he didn't do this show? When the show was conceived, the original pitch was, all right, Roseanne Barr and and Sam Kinison are married and they have children. And that's a high concept pitch. But there was one problem. I spent six weeks trying to convince Sam Kinison's manager and Roseanne Barr's manager to star in this soon-to-be television series, both of whose managers said, um, nope, they're, they're going to be movie stars. They're not going to do television. And, and I was thinking to myself, well, first of all, nobody really knows these people yet. And, and second of all, I'm thinking in my head, you know, they don't really look like movie stars. Without Roseanne and Kinison on board, Fox was ready to pull the plug on Married with Children. I encouraged the producers and said, look, let's just give it a shot. I think there's some really good actors available out there. Let's start auditioning actors and see what we come up with. So although that seems like a bummer, it all worked out. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to replace Al or Peg anyway. The show would be different. 
Roseanne made her own great TV show. So all's well that ends well. Well, Alex, can I can I make a confession to real quick? Um, I I've seen this episode several times. Like you said uh, about the uh, the Christmas release, like they do that a lot with shows. Though I remember growing up as a kid, like getting the the Power Rangers Christmas special in its own <laughs> DVD. You know what I'm saying? So I think that might be just an overall like marketing thing in terms of how they do those. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, like, do you remember that? Do you ever, do you ever remember growing up seeing those like oh, yeah. Christmas specials of whatever? Yeah, the Simpsons have released their thing I, first, I think, too. On, uh, yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. So that that definitely is a thing, um, and it's funny because I, I guess I was so struck by these first two, you know, the you better watch out and this one that I uh, let before I started this podcast, actually months before. I was so into these Married with Children Christmas things that I went and I found all of them and then I, I ripped them all and saved them on a uh, file and I, 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 made, I plug them into my TV every December and I watch all the Bundy's Christmas specials. I, I loved this episode. I remember loving it. But um, in retrospect now, I did not realize that uh, that good old Ted was in this episode. In that capacity, like watching it, watching it, um, you know, like I would see different episodes at different times. I just thought that was Jefferson. I, that's how I was going to talk to you guys about that. I was going to say, like, can you imagine someone who may, maybe missed this episode? And, you know, not everybody was watching this every Sunday. Or that's what yeah. happened, dude. That's what happened to me. Right. And, and you were probably wondering, why is Jefferson acting like, oh, are they trying to say that? If Peg didn't marry Al, she would have married Jefferson. That's weird. And and, and furthermore, though, I expected though, Steve to walk through the door. <laughs> right. right. Well, that and that that factors into it too, though, Jamie. Because I was like, well, wait, is this the introduction to his character? Because at this point, I'm following along episode by episode, and I know clearly that he's not on the show yet. So I'm like, well, I was just totally taken back, and uh, I had to do a little research and find out what the what was going on. But yeah, and, and you're like, and why is his name Haywood Jablomi? That's I mean, right. I mean Norman Jablonski. Well, actually, that shed some light on the situation, just much like the uh, the the cop Dan there, and what was he a security officer in one, and right. this and that, you know, like and and he's Sonny in the next one. Well, yeah, man. I will think about it. They see all these different people. They probably saw something that they liked in the guy, and that's why he stuck around. Yeah. Well, I'll get more into that when we get to him because I met Ted McGinley about two years <laughs> ago. Yeah, and I talked to him about all this. Oh, wow. Okay. And Sam Kennison. Me and him had like a five-minute conversation about Sam Kennison. That's awesome. Were you part of a Blue Ribbon Fact-Finding Commission? (laughs) 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 We got to get him on. We got to get more facts out of these people. We have to. I'm in the process of interviewing a – I'm trying to get an interview with a big player on this show. So look out for that. So, guys, uh, <laughs> the show starts off playing It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas while they pan through a house that looks nothing like Christmas. <laughs> and if that's your Christmas, <laughs> then, oh, wow. Kelly's just twirling her gum or something, and Peg is like, can't even stay awake on the couch. And, <laughs> and It's exactly what I pictured a Bundy Christmas would be like, though. <laughs> Bud's playing with something stuck up his nose. Yes. <laughs> oh, straws or straws something? Straws up his nose, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's definitely looking like Christmas, guys. <laughs> so, uh, did you guys notice that Al says, no ho ho, 
when he yeah. says no, yeah. <laughs> I hate Christmas. The mall is full of nothing but women and children. All you hear is, I want this, get me this, I have to have this. And there's the children. <laughs> and they're all by my store because they stuck the mall Santa right outside ringing his stupid bell. As if you need a bell to notice a 300-pound alcoholic in a red suit. <laughs> that cracks me up that the mall Santa is always depicted as, like, an alcoholic. <laughs> and Because right. you figure, who has the time for this? Well, that's a, yeah, that's actually a good point, because I always wondered why. And then I figured, <laughs> well, the kids just drive him to drink. Um, <laughs> and I totally understand that. Uh, but, right. but maybe that's true. Maybe who else would have the time to be a mall Santa except for someone who didn't do anything else and just needed some beer money? I don't know. Yeah, an unemployed alcoholic. That's pretty <laughs> much. I mean, who else would have the time to do that? Uh, unless you're retired, I guess, and you're just really overweight and it just works out. Unless you're Mick Foley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ho, 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 all day long. So nice as can be. I go outside, ask him to shut the hell up. <laughs> he takes a swing at me. So I lay a hook into his fat belly and he goes down. <laughs> Beard comes off, all the kids start crying, and I'm the bad guy. Aw, oh, honey, I know it would make you feel better. <laughs> but I'll never leave you, not in a million years. <laughs> so, Al, what's the family plan for Christmas this year? Five bowls of flushing? Four roids a-throbbing. Three nose hairs waving. Two children starving. One untouched wife. Starts uh, going with the, you know, on the 12th day of Christmas. What's this song called? Um, with the 12 start... days of Christmas. Oh, is that what it's called? Yes. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? The tw- I thought it had like a more refined name to it, but okay. <laughs> the 12 Days of Christmas. I thought that's just how you remember to tell everybody about it. <laughs> the 12 Days of Christmas. <laughs> now look, I know last Christmas you didn't get what you wanted. I saw your sad little faces. How? You weren't even home. You shot pool with your friends. <laughs> hey, your faces were still sad the next day. So a year after Santa dropped in his in the Bundy's backyard, Al presumably shot pool with his friends that next Christmas. And and uh, last year there was no Christmas special. So now we know we could fill in the blank there of what <laughs> happened the next Christmas. Mm-hmm. But this year it's going to be different. Who here knows what a Christmas club is? Oh, isn't that where morons put money in the bank to get 2% interest instead of the normal five? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if times were different back then, but my bank does not give me 5% interest on my money. No. I think I get like 1% or 2 Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Is that I don't know about you guys. I've never even heard of such thing. Was that oh a... yeah, um, my grandmother was member of a of the Christmas club at her bank when I was little. I don't know if they still do that though. I have never, right. I've never seen any of the banks that I deal with right. mention it at all. So yeah. that might just be an out of date thing. But they did used to. Yeah, okay. I think it's out of date. I think it died in the nineties. Like like layaway. So did my dreams. 
<laughs> and so did Singapore slings. <laughs> it's outdated, baby. <laughs> it's all over. So, yeah, now you just save in your credit union and you say, well, I'll take a thousand. Like, who even, like, I'm buying whatever is the minimum here I'm to make me look good and I get, get away with another year of Christmas shopping. I'm not going right. to just spend. And also, too, I mean, and we, we got to get into this Christmas club thing, too. And, and I know this is an obvious statement, but why would Al even let her near that little book that even says the balance of the Christmas club? Like, like f- from the last episode where she or was it the last episode where she oh, was she, ugh. digging it up in the yard? Like, why would you even give her that satisfaction when he's laying in bed with her there? Why would you even let her know anything remotely to do with, with anything money. financial? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Ugh. Nothing. Especially I would. She doesn't usually give her satisfaction while lying in bed with her. Right. <laughs> Incidentally, um, if I were to calculate the for inflation, Uh-oh. his two hundred eighty dollar balance that is currently in the Christmas Club today would be five hundred sixty three dollars and fifty one cents. Are we still just doubling everything? Yeah, pretty much. It's about, yeah, the, the, oh, you know what? I don't even, I should stop just using the calculator and just remember (laughs) that the inflation rate was 100%. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so that's, that's a good chunk. I mean, for that family, that's a, and, and that, even today, if I were to buy that much $500 worth of gift, that's a lot for, and that kind of confuses me though. Okay. So they got $500 approximately. Yet they don't have any food because Kelly's eating um, toaster crumbs, <laughs> right? Toaster shakings. Yeah, yeah, toaster, yeah, yet at one point, Al grabs a beer out of the fridge. I don't get like their priorities are so <laughs> out of whack. Like they have money for Christmas. Sounds they good got to money me. for beer, but forget food. <laughs> I think Al's got his priorities, right? <laughs> Clearly. Liquid dinner. Yeah. Anyway, I've got one of these Christmas club things and uh, was able to save a pretty penny this year. So, in addition to our annual Christmas feast at Denny's, (laughs) this year we're getting presents. Oh, I can't believe it. Yes. Al, this isn't a joke, is it? You know, like when we were dating and you said, stick with me, babe, I'm really going places. Gee, I remember saying that. I just didn't think I said it to you. <laughs> oh, anyway, Christmas is not the time for regrets. That's what anniversaries are for. <laughs> Come on, let's all have a little Christmas Wool Bundy. Wool Bundy! The, everyone's really getting presents this year, and that's a really big deal. That normally doesn't happen. They never have a tree, <laughs> which is just sad. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, the McGinty's didn't throw it out yet and take it from their front lawn. <laughs> In the background, you could see snow falling on the patio the whole time. Right. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. To make that effort that every time they got the thing going, they got the snow going. <laughs> Well, I wanted to say something, too, about uh, Christmas specials in general and, and this one in particular because they didn't they didn't go over the top with it. Like they they took kind of a different angle. And it was definitely cool, though, to see the the, uh, the whole Bundy house redone. And we'll get to that when we get to it, obviously. 
but yeah, but um, there's always you gotta kind of like um, bring out all the bring out you know all the stops. All the stops, you, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I mean, it is a Christmas special, and you want to do something fun with it. But, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of shows just um, just go kind of the, the heartwarming angle or whatever. and <laughs> or, or they'll just deck the whole thing out with Christmas stuff, you know? And you see that a lot on shows where it's like this is clearly the Christmas special because candy canes everywhere. Right. They, uh, they went pretty minimalistic with this episode, and, and I enjoyed that. You know, like you said, all you need is, is just some snow in the background, and, uh, and I'm good. And talking about Christmas. Yep. Yep. The roads come over. And they get frisked immediately because because they, <laughs> they they did have presents. Uh, if you remember, in uh, you better watch out. What they came over with a couple gifts, and <laughs> Peg says, "Oh, our names are on it. Too bad. I can't I can't regift it and stuff like that." <laughs> and uh, Marcy forced Steve to to sing, "We wish you a merry Christmas." When they opened the door and stuff, things are so different now. Yeah, as Jamie said, it's sad because we all know like everything about Steve and Marcy's dynamic that used to be, which is no more. It's all coming to an end, guys, and and this episode exemplifies that even more as as we go a, a little bit further. There is uh, some kind of uh, blooper in this part where Steve and Marcy enter the house. You can see Bud is stealing Marcy's wedding ring from her right hand. And then later when she asks who has it. I think the goof is that you can see him stealing it from her right hand. But then she looks at her left hand and says, okay, where's my wedding ring? Uh, right, because it generally should be on your left, right? Which, yeah. yeah. Should, but right. but I, I just I don't assumed, know, guys. I didn't even notice that. I just assumed that no one had, st- I mean, that he whoever had it off camera just had it. And right. then when she said that, they just threw it at her. I never... Even knew who took it. Well, yeah. I never thought they would take the trouble to actually have someone actually right. take it. And I thought that was funny, too, that because of the way they shot that, you don't know who took it. But I guess if you <laughs> I guess if you pay attention, it's Bud. But I I never, ever did. So I just thought it was funny that it could have been any of them. Right. And I was disappointed to read that goof because I'm like, oh, it was Bud. Because I never paid attention to who was fondling her hand <laughs> to get this ring off. I never, uh, I don't know why. And when it's off camera, who throws it back? So I always loved to just wonder who did it. Mm. Right. I thought that was the, the best part of that <laughs> was that it was so open. And this, you know, knowing this family, it could have been any of them. We really gotta stop doing this show. This show does not. <laughs> <laughs> this does not deserve a chronological exploration <laughs> because we're ruining it. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I definitely think uh, us doing this has made the show better for me in a lot of ways. It's because I never thought of a lot of things. It's great to explore these things and like live it out. And then, uh, but this is one case where I wish I didn't learn <laughs> what I just learned. <laughs> Anyway, I just came over to say Merry Christmas, since I won't be here because of a previous commitment. Yes. He's spending Christmas with Mommy, you know. (laughs) Why can't you and Mother get along, Marcy? The woman hangs her coat on me. (laughs) What about your mother and her little... Oops, sorry, Stevie, I didn't know you were in the shower. (laughs) 
some coffee? Sure. Hey, I want some coffee. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. There's only enough for two. Kids, you want any? <laughs> Why are wives so jealous of the relationship between a man and his mother? Ah, they see someone who cares for you and it eats them up. Yep. My mom even left Marcy instructions on how to take care of me. Still, one week after we were married, guess who was washing his own hair? <laughs> Well, you don't wash your hair, do you? Doesn't Tiffany do that for you? Oh, stop. Don't act like you wash Brian's hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just pictured that in my head. I'm laughing Can so you imagine? <laughs> she has time to sit there and just, oh, you can't wash your hair while you're in the shower? With VO5. <laughs> VO5 was big back then. No. Uh, so Steve is going to go to Mommy's for Christmas, which is another sign that things are falling apart. And why isn't Marcy going with him? Like, that's that's the sign. Like, if I was, which I do, I, I go to my parents' house every Christmas morning. Tiffany, Avi, my wife goes with me. Right. Like, who who goes to any holiday thing like that without their wife? Right. Something is wrong here. Something's amiss. Also, do you think when they showed up without presents this time, um, you know, because you can see the decline of their marriage, but do, do you think they're just fed up with the Bundys at this point, too? Like like you said last year they, they had presents, but do you think they're just sick of them by now? I don't know. I mean, well, the Bundys gave them a, a, a fruitcake with a footprint on it. <laughs> so I think they were like, yeah, okay, so we're not doing this again. Exactly. Oh, that must be my taxi. Merry Christmas, honey. Come give me a kiss. Come on, Stevie. Coming, mother. <laughs> and another sign, uh, Steve goes to kiss Marcy. His mom beeps and yells for him, and he just turns right around. Yep. Dips. <laughs> so it's like, wow, this is not the Steve and Marcy from the first uh, three seasons. You know, it's sad, but... I really like Jefferson, so I'm okay with this change. <laughs> so, like, you know, it, I love Steve. Don't get me wrong. I th and I love all those classic episodes from the first four seasons. But it's a weird balance of, like, seeing the sadness of this decline and also being okay with it. Peggy, what am I going to do? We were supposed to go to the party at my bank tomorrow. I can't go stand. What will people think? Marcy, let me give you some advice. Don't spend time thinking about things you don't have. A good relationship, um, nice hair, good disposition, a woman's body. Think instead about the things you do have. And when you do, let me know, because I've drawn a total blank. Merry Christmas! I mean, geez, when Al's telling you you have a bad relationship, you know things are <laughs> for no reason. Like you said, not uh, even, not even a little bit provoked. Yeah, like, what's the advice he actually gave? Because uh, then he goes, just think of what you do have. That's about it, right? And then, because uh, when you think of it, let me know, because I can't think of one darn thing. Where's the advice here? Oh, I thought it was sad. Uh, but she was cracking me up because she looked, she just was kind of hanging there with her coat on, <laughs> just sort of in her head down like a whipped puppy, you know, and she's just sort of... <laughs> hanging there and then you know peg jumps on her too and i was like oh this is so sad oh that know? was brutal like, say something nice even if you don't mean it <laughs> you look i think you look nice marcy yeah telling <laughs> basically saying you don't look nice Ow. christmas is 
no time to make fun of someone whose life is crumbling down around them. Do you know how many people with lives a lot better than hers commit suicide this time of year? Now, you should say something nice to her, even if you don't mean it. You look very nice, Marcy. Why is Marcy just stands there taking this? Like, as soon as Al said the first two things, good relationship, nice hair, would you just turn around and go to Peg? Like, Marcy stands there and listens to the rest of this. And then and then Peg I think goes. That's a, a sign of how defeated she is. I yeah, mean, how. She's feeling just, vulnerable. She's bad. She's like, she's bad off because uh, normally she would fire back at him. Right. And and how, how profound is it that Al mentioned. Um, she doesn't have a good relationship. Well, Marcy's had quite a month here, you know? I mean, first of all, her husband just left, so she doesn't, you know, not that he would back her up anyways, but I mean, you know, she's uh, she's still healing from a uh, gunshot wound. <laughs> yeah, I wish <laughs> in a way we saw. Oh, by the way, uh, people are going to kill me. I didn't mention this is season four, episode 11, uh, air date December 17th, <laughs> 1989. <laughs> If I don't mention that, somebody will actually write that in somewhere uh, in, an, in in the comments. <laughs> like, she should... Wouldn't that be cool if she still had the gunshot wound, like, cast for at <laughs> least a month worth of episodes? <laughs> right. It is kind of sad that it's gone because, don't you remember, like, they talked about Thanksgiving at a time when there's no way... You know, you know they crammed a lot of time into one area, so it's like, you have to have a cast on. Right. Well, you know, TV can sometimes be like cartoons and it's, you know, they'll be busted all to hell and in the next episode, nothing ever happened. Right. I do love the callback they made to pizza at Thanksgiving. Yeah. I thought that was, that was really great. Well, and they do show some some connective tissue. I mean, uh, in the I, and I know this is probably filmed at the same time. I'm assuming, but uh, in the second part, they reference the Denny's dinner again uh, in the first episode. Yeah, yeah, they they do Denny's a couple times. Yeah, and, and I know that's back to back, so it doesn't really count. It's not no, like no, a, but they've done Denny's before. <laughs> okay, so yeah, but you know what I mean. There are some threads that continue, <clears throat> like uh, when the episode eaten out. Kelly, when they couldn't pay for their meal at a fancy restaurant, Kelly says, do you want me to to go on the floor and throw a fit like I do at Denny's? And he goes, that's for like, you know, three ninety five. For here, they'll let you swallow your tongue before they uh, call an ambulance. <laughs> so they do keep the Denny's thing in the world of the Bundy. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Remember when uh, Al's talking to Steve about the trophies he had in that box in uh he thought he could and he said surely you won the running home to mommy award <laughs> and he has a trophy for that and uh <laughs> this would make you believe that he definitely should have that award oh without a doubt <laughs> right i'll go to the party but i won't have any fun this will be the worst christmas i ever had i'll wind up home alone sitting in the dark that is unless some friends invite me over <laughs> <laughs> And she goes, oh, and <laughs> closes the door. Like, isn't that weird? Like, you would think Peg, you know, Al seems to be a little more antisocial. Peg se- seems to like when she hangs out with Marcy and still has no interest in hanging out with Marcy because she's more focused on this whole presence thing. And like, yeah, well, go away. So, Al, <laughs> what are you going to get us? 
<laughs> I know she even says that she feels bad for her, and I'm thinking, well, not too terribly bad. You just slammed the door in her face. Uh, so the Bundys hide from Christmas carolers to avoid... Basically, what they're doing is they're avoiding tipping them. I don't know if you guys know that. I know it's not really a practice uh, in the last uh, 50 years, or at least 20 or 30. Nobody really does Christmas caroling, unless you, I guess, live in a really nice neighborhood, which I guess I've never done. Have you, either of you, ever actually Christmas caroled? Never. I have, but not in a neighborhood, only at an old folks' home. Oh, wow. Now... Did they give you guys a dollar before you left? No, I mean, they gave us like cookies and stuff. And whenever I've seen anybody giving stuff to carolers, it's always been like cocoa and cookies and shit like that. I was going to say Coke. Oh, yeah. Well, then I will start caroling every year. (laughs) Those old people can get down. Yeah, they they just give people Coke and. And but, they just start rating their medicines, and <laughs> I got a couple of statins. What did you get? <laughs> I have something for a urinary tract infection. <laughs> oh, but now, Jamie, tell that story though. How did that go, caroling uh, to to old people in an old folks' home? Oh, they were very appreciative. Did they just keep saying what? What? <laughs> No, 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 check this out, because I did something very similar where um, I forget how old I was. I was very young, but they had us make out all these cards for the old people, and, and, and I forget what occasion it was or whatever. Anyways, <laughs> so the lady I got, it was like four of us, right? So we all break up. get out of here! She starts yelling at us. Really? <laughs> Yeah, she's freaking out. She's like, I don't want him. I don't care. And she's just shooing us. And I, I've never laughed harder. Wow. Oh to this day. That could traumatize a normal child. I actually Christmas caroled in like 1992 or three um, with this kid, Brian Myers, who lived in my neighborhood. He was like a real bad kid, too. And we fought constantly. But we'd always have these little weird periods where we were friends. And this was one of them. And I guess we just had that same sense of humor where we were like, let's do this. So we had candles. They were like birthday candles or something that we just held in our hands. And and we'd ring a doorbell. And then when people – and I don't even know – I swear to God, I don't know how I knew the songs. Like, you know, I know every Christmas song generally, like vaguely. Right. But right. I don't know how I would get through an entire song. And, I, and I'm sure we never did. <laughs> so we would just like ring the doorbell and when people answer we just stand there in their faces and just start singing <laughs> like you imagine i did this wait and... just you and him <laughs> Dude, what <laughs> did you ask if tamara was home <laughs> that's so sketchy when i was a teenager we used to drive around and rate people's christmas decorations and like we would, <laughs> I, we would write little notes of like you know, these are your strengths and these are your weaknesses. I would work on this next year, and we'd give them a grade, and we'd put it on their mailbox. Oh I thought Jamie was gonna be like, yeah, we sabotaged their Christmas decorations, we toilet papered their house. She's like, we gave them flashcard notes. <laughs> yeah, here's notes for next year. And did you go back next year and make sure they did what you said? <laughs> did they take our suggestion? 
<laughs> yeah, they're like, screw your suggestions. <laughs> did, you know, they, I, did they write screw you in the lights on the bush? <laughs> I feel really bad years later. I'm like, oh, that was kind of mean. I mean, you know, people worked hard. Yeah, you destroyed all their hopes. And, and uh, we were over there critiquing. But I mean, seriously, like when you have lights stretched out over your steps, you're waiting for somebody to trip. That's just that's just dangerous. Hey, Jamie's not even that critical on these episodes we're reviewing. Right <laughs> She's pretty nice. You thought horror podcasting was the start for her. Oh, no. It came in the form of Christmas lights. Judging. Well, uh, just for the record, everybody gave us uh, one to two dollars every time we went to their house. Wow, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody, yeah. They pay, they gave you one to two dollars to go away. Pretty much. And we left. <laughs> We're like, all righty. Thank you. <laughs> so Peg rewraps some old junk Al didn't play with the year before. <laughs> like, oh, my God. This is great. You know, it's funny because <clears throat> whenever I think of this two-parter, I instantly assume that the part without Sam Kennison is not as good because I'm just waiting for that to happen. And then I, I got to say, though, it's solid all the way through because they definitely loaded up that first half, you know? I also think, too, though, Alex, that you got to look at it and rate it as a two-parter, mm-hmm. right? Because cause you can definitely rate the first one in itself, okay, but, like, that's kind of not the end of the episode. It's, it's kind of – the point, yeah. Exactly. So, like, that would be like watching half of a movie and being like <laughs> – This yeah, first half's great. It's like, wait, wait, so you're rating it that? Like, you didn't even see if Bruce Willis was dead or not yet. <laughs> Oh, come on, Al. Thrill me as only you can. Show Mommy the Christmas Club bank book. Okay, but just this once. (sighs) Again, Al, again. It's never enough, is it? You are fantastic. And I, I love that, like, those little moments, like, when Al goes... He goes, ah, it's never enough, is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that stuff. Like, that, those little things in the show make it feel lived in to me. Bud walks in, and they smile at each other, and Al has, like, the ugliest, creepiest, weirdest smile ever. You know, I thought the <laughs> exact same thing. I didn't know how to take that. I didn't know if we were going to bring that up, but I was like, what was that? <laughs> It's it's the kind of smile we're like, I know why you're here. I know what you're doing. Right. I sense you're on the horns of a dilemma. Now, to wit, you have $280. But how do you split it up? Well, maybe I can help. You see, I hate to tell you this, Dad, but uh, Kelly doesn't love you. <laughs> never has, never will. <laughs> But you do, don't you see? With all my heart and soul. But back to Kelly. Now, how can we punish her? How, how, how? <laughs> I know. I bet spending all the money on me and nothing on her would fix her little red wagon. <laughs> so remember, Dad, this year, when you think Christmas, think Bud. Well, and then when Kelly comes in, he's just like, hi, honey. Hi, Kelly. Like, she's right there. You know, he he doesn't even look at her. He just hears her. He knows what's up. 
Come in, Kelly. Hi, Daddy. Um, I just wanted to tell you, I just got a call from the doctor, and um, I'm dying. <laughs> yep, I've got Bulgaria. <laughs> the doctor says that it's terminus. How much time do you have, pumpkin? Well, I've got till Christmas morning. And the only known cure is a good present. You know, in the 250 to 275 price range. Gee, then I wouldn't have any money to get Bud anything. I know. But it's not like he loves you or anything. I mean, when I think of all the times that he wished you dead... Oh, well, I just want to tell you that, but whatever you decide is okay with me. If you were like, can you imagine her sitting in her bedroom, just sitting on the bed saying, okay, I'm dying and the cure is a good Christmas present. Right. That's going to be perfect. This will totally believe that. But see, for Kelly, that fits her, right? But Peg tries the same thing. Like, I expected a little more from Peg. Right. You know, she tries the exact same thing Kelly tried. Like, come on. Like, we all know what's up. We all know how dumb Kelly is. Like, really? And what are the odds they're both going to have a terminus disease? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I may be dying. Walking dead. Al pulls the cover over his head and it's like, yeah, Peg. And I'm not saying it's weak writing. It's actually funny writing that she didn't put any more effort into this than a dumb person could put. (laughs) And Jamie has said many a time that she doesn't believe Peg is very bright anyway, so... Right? I mean, does anybody think Peg is a... She's an enigma to me. Sometimes she does come off kind of clever. Most of the time, not. I think I expect her to be. So, it every single time, it surprises me when she's not. Yeah, I think she's she's pretty smart because she's always scheming. She's conniving. But yeah, she's conniving. But I also think that she just gets lazy. <laughs> like in terms of like explaining it to Al or trying to work out, she just gets lazy. And she's like, she's just such a <laughs> she, she's such a conniving liar. So, so much to the point where she forgets her lies and she just spits out whatever. Yeah, that's the brilliance of the show, really, that. It's like they keep it so fresh by throwing you off with the overall character traits that when this does happen, it surprises you every time. And just like when Peg doesn't care what she's doing to Al, it still works every time. Because they do something in the, between all that that makes you feel like there is hope or something. Yeah. There's something. There, there's always something to make you feel that when this happens, it's it's jarring and you get reactions out of yourself from it. Right, right. You know? And that's the great writing. I remember when I first started watching this show and my mom actually introduced me to this show. She was watching it before I was. And I sat down with her and I was watching it and I, I said – I don't get it. Why do they stay together if they hate each other so much? And she said, they don't. She's like, they love each other. You'll see. And I was like, okay. And then <laughs> you kind of do sometimes. And those, I like those moments. And I think I've said that here before. But then you see the moments where, like this, where everyone is just trying to 
everyone's out for themselves and it's always Al that gets, and I just, I don't know. It makes me so sad, I guess. <laughs> so like when they're all attempting to play him, right? yes, it's funny, but at the same time, I'm so sad. <laughs> yeah, like they always stick together when they absolutely need to, when they need to band together to, to get somebody else's money or... <clears throat> Or get together for a scheme or whatever, but I think they do love each other. They're just all low lowlifes. <laughs> uh, pretty much. I think that's a good assessment. I mean, they're eating toaster shakens. <laughs> and how sad is that? They're eating toaster shakens. What a, a sad residual of better days in the Bundy's lives. <laughs> like right. when they had actual bread at some point, I guess, right? It just makes me so mad because it's not like the Bundys don't or never have had money. Like if they just budgeted their money correctly instead of blowing it on. Well, it's all peg. Well, yeah. Well, Well, that's what I was going to say, too. They constantly blame Al, for instance, for not making enough money. But she's the one who doesn't do anything with it. She's the one who's in charge of buying stuff for the house. Yeah, but they're they're all pretty bad, though. Like, no, they are pretty bad, but he, like, you rarely see him doing anything foolish with his How money. much did he get for that loan? Oh, <laughs> well, well, that's okay. a whole other thing, though. <laughs> There's that. But, but th- that's an isolated incident. I don't want you to think that Al just gets loans all the time. <laughs> that's yeah. true, but but even still, he still budgeted poorly. <laughs> well, he saved $5,000 in a shoebox. You know what? Touche. Good point. Good point. It's just always these large sum, sums of money that if they just budget it correctly, at least they could eat. <laughs> but that's, you know what, that's the way it is in real life. Right. How many people do you know who will come into a couple thousand dollars at a time <laughs> and they could use that money to pay their bills or to right. whatever, but they don't. And sure. then the next thing you know, they're, you know, their electricity's turned off again. <laughs> and I always look at those people and I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Like, it's... Hit up the necessities. But no, people are like, no, there's a, a windfall. I should enjoy it. Because life is short. Yeah, okay, enjoy it now and tell me when you're in the dark later how life sucks. You know, it's like, it's just the weirdest thing. So, uh, Peg has a donut inside of a drawer. <laughs> she doesn't even, I guess you couldn't put it in the refrigerator because you figured they'd find it. Yep. So she takes one bite, if that, or whatever that was, and then throws it right in the garbage instead of offering it to the kids <laughs> who are eating crumbs. <laughs> Literally eating crumbs. <laughs> Bread crumbs. Okay, so uh, now they are uh, going to rewrap gifts of Al, that he, items he already owns. He will play with those again. He played with them all year. Horowitz is uh, a guy who is playing Santa at the mall, and he's going to egg Al's windows later on. The kids are all upset that Al punched him in the (laughs) breadbasket. And we get to this absolutely bizarre scene with this old lady who walks (laughs) in (laughs) with her mom. (laughs) And uh, she's, you know, she's going to buy shoes. Al has to hurry up and get out of there because he has to go to the bank. So they say, we won't be, you know, 15 minutes or whatever. 
they they pick out their shoes. Things seem like they're going mildly okay. <laughs> Al still has to really go. I would just say, listen, we're closed. I don't care how long you're taking. The register, I would just say it's shut down. It's offline. I cannot open it. I cannot have a transaction. We're done. I, you know, what would they know? You know, I would just say, I'm not doing this. Get out of my store. Or I would just, I'd let them in and just lock the door and leave. <laughs> I wouldn't care. Something more likely. Right. All of those things. Al, Al should do that. Should have done that, but I don't know. I just wish someone had made a Dan and Yogurt joke. I thought it was funny when the first woman comes in, she's older, and then she calls in her mom. That's funny. But then when that woman calls in her mom yeah. for the money, I thought that was... And the look on his face was just fantastic. And I really wanted him to say something like, I don't know, like you guys must eat Dan and yogurt or something. Do you remember those commercials? I feel like I do. What? It was something about old people eating it, and it, what does it do to them? Yeah, it's like a, there was this really old series of commercials where... I want to say the commercial went to, like you saw this. In Soviet Georgia, there are two curious things about the people. A large part of their diet is yogurt, and a large number of them live past 100. Now, we're not saying that Dannon yogurt will help you live longer, but Dannon low-fat yogurt is a wholesome, natural food rich in nutrition. By the way, 89-year-old Bagrat Tapagua liked Dannon so much, he ate two cups. That pleased his mother very much. Dannon, America's number one yogurt, is here. Wow, so it's like an old person and they're eating just ask my dad and he's still alive. That's great. That's perfect. That'd be the perfect thing to add exactly. into here. But it would have been timely at the time. I mean, because people at the time would have gotten the joke. But. Right, right. I was going to say. And also considering what you guys said, like Al would definitely do anything to get them out of there. Like, I, I, I bet he wouldn't even walk the store, <laughs> you know? He would just leave. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but. F- Considering all the berating that he knew he was in for, because he even has an inner inner monologue later um, uh, about how that conversation is going to go with his family, you would think that okay, so if the inflation is a hundred percent, I think it came to fifteen dollars. You would think that it'd be worth it. He would even like pay that later, you know, like pay the register back thirty bucks. Oh yeah. Just to go and, and try and get into the bank, you know, in time. I don't know. You would think that Al could come up with a better solution or he just wouldn't care. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Marcy has uh, her bank party. Everyone's dancing. Everyone's having a great time. Apparently you could drink at work today. I've had Christmas parties at work and you can't drink. Uh, there's a hot blonde dancing like a stripper with Garland. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Marcy sitting on a Xerox machine uh, is is unbelievable. She's just sitting there having a good time. The guys are like, all right, man, we got a drunk little uh, whatever here. That's just going around the whole. Everyone's passing it around. And now and she was supposed to open the back door for Al as well. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. No, 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 because they because they reference that in, in the part two. So Al is too late to get to his Christmas club money. <clears throat> the guard tells him he's late. Marcy is just plastered. Someone hands her a drink, and that's another goof. They hand her an empty drink. <laughs> that guy who hands her her last drink, there's nothing in that glass. Then she collapses to the floor, <laughs> and that's it for Marcy. She's all partied out, man. Done. Yeah, and that's cool, though, that she gets down like that. That makes her cooler. So, Al's 
Santas in the mall. Like I guess there's a bunch of them at work in the mall. <laughs> they just start wailing on them with their sacks. And that sounds dirty. <laughs> no, the the best part of that though is the first one that he ducks under and the thing just whacks the door. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Santa's coming so hot. <laughs> He's coming swinging. Yeah, wham. It was classic. And now Al sits in the shoe store. The camera zooms in on his face while he imagines what the family will ask for. And that image of Al, that's like a an image that you see online a lot. Like that image has been screen capped and it's that like, like weird, uh, sad image of Al's face. I see that often posted. What did you get us for Christmas, Daddy? <laughs> well, family, the bank was closed. I have no money for presents. You still love me, though, right? <laughs> oh, I want toys! Oh, just a minute, honey. Mommy just wants to get some shoes, okay? Toys, toys, toys! Oh, kids, you gotta love them. Toys! Put a cork in a demon. <laughs> God, what I wouldn't pay to get rid of him for an hour so I could shop in peace. Al has this epiphany that if he has this little area in the mall where he could kind of be like a daycare for kids so that moms can go shopping and they don't have to worry about their kids. Now, that's actually a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. He even lets the kid from American Pie uh, use the bathroom. And that's how he escapes and then tells the parents. Who is this kid? This is uh, Tom and E.S. Nicholas. Uh, so from American Pie, he's, uh, yeah, he's in Halloween Resurrection. Oh, God, I hate that kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that him? No, you hate that movie. He's all right. Oh, yeah, I guess I hate the movie. <laughs> Letting him use the bathroom and sending him to the bathroom dungeon, is that the same thing? Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they sent him to the bathroom dungeon. No, but, like, everybody knows him. He's uh, Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. That kid. Oh, I know him, yeah. Bitches yeah, no, we got it. <laughs> yeah, no, we got it. <laughs> you don't have to Can tell it? us any other credits of him. <laughs> So, uh, Horowitz, the Santa, that's Don Sparks. Oh, he's on Mr. Robot? Mm-hmm. Ooh. I just noticed that they have a Jewish Santa. Yeah, Horowitz is a Jewish name. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, wow, well, why didn't we catch He said Mr. Robot, though. <laughs> Mr. Robot, Robato. <laughs> is, is that how you sang the Christmas carols? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much. It's pretty vague. Deck the whole. <laughs> Uncle Al's Christmas Tot Lounge. <laughs> I like how they call things a lounge. Like it's some cool, chill place to hang out. The Rolling Stones did that with the Voodoo Lounge. Yes. What yep. is that exactly? Might be like the Laser Lounge. <laughs> well, that is a cool place to hang out and chill. <laughs> That's an actual real place. Uh, if you guys don't know, I was on a show called Banana Laser Horror Podcast. Check that out. Uh, and we hung out in the laser lounge. You leave them, we love them. <laughs> like, who are, what do you have, a mouse in your pocket? It's just you, right, Al? <laughs> like, Al's putting on this whole facade like it's a real daycare. You leave them, we love them. 
So you leave them. I will tie them up <laughs> with garland <laughs> around their <laughs> ankles and wrists. Al's <laughs> uh, the second guy this year to tie someone up by their wrists and ankles. Uh, cousin Eddie did that to uh, Griswold's boss. That he did. In Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, he tied him around his wrists and ankles and brought him into the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that guy, Mr. Shirley. Shitterswell. Who who will be on Married with Children uh, one day as Kelly's boss when she works in a diner. Sweet. He's awesome, man. He's the guy from um, Get a Life with Chris Elliott. He was... Uh... Water. Shut up. <laughs> Oh, won't I? You be quiet or I'll send you to the bathroom dungeon like little Bobby. (laughs) As I'm sitting there looking at these kids, I'm wondering to myself, like, the lid doesn't have to be blown off by a kid who escaped in a bathroom or anything. What would stop the moms from coming in and seeing this when they go to pick up their kids? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, what, what had to be exposed to exactly that Al's hiding? Well, they're standing right out in the middle of the store with that has a completely glass front. And, you know, all the kids didn't get dropped off at once. So some parent came in there, added their kid to the corral, <laughs> and then left. <laughs> Perhaps their anger is simply a ruse to get their money back. I, uh, wow. Amazing deduction. I They're like, I'm going to drop this off and pretend I'm like a, like this. I'm going to drop my kid off and pretend like I'm okay with it. And then when I come back, how dare you? I want a refund. Right. Because <laughs> people do that all the time. <laughs> Waiter, what's this fly doing in my soup? The backstroke. Let me tell you, working in the restaurant industry gives you in some amazing insight into just how messed up people are. <laughs> we almost had to change to the 10-second rule. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bundy, we want some entertainment. Okay, I'll tell you a nice Christmas story. Gather around, Uncle Al. All right, that's close enough. All right, here we go. It was the night before Christmas. And all through the house, no food was a stirring, not even a mouse. <laughs> Stockings were hung round Dad's neck like a tie, along with a note that said, presents or die. <laughs> Children were plotting all night in their beds, while the wife's constant whining was splitting his head. <laughs> but Daddy had money this year in the bank. Then they closed up early. Now Dad's in the tank. (laughs) All of a sudden, Santa appeared. A sneer on his face. Booze in his beard. (laughs) Santa, I said as he laughed merrily, you do so much for others. Do something for me. Bundy, he said, you only sell shoes. Your son is a sneak thief. Your daughter's a flues. (laughs) Ho, ho, Santa said, should I mention your wife? Her hair's like an A-bomb. Her nail's like a knife. (laughs) And he climbs up the chimney, that fat piece of dung. (laughs) He mooned me two times. He stuck out his tongue. (laughs) I heard him exclaim 
as he broke wind with glee. <laughs> You're married with children. You'll never be free. It was rough at points, but let's just put it this way. The last line really brought it home, and they knew that they were going to get a cheer from the audience on that one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's playing to the crowd right there. But I liked it. I, I did like it. I Like I said at first, I was like, uh, this is a little shaky, but they brought it home at the end. <laughs> what do you think, Jamie? Is that how you're going to tell Night Before Christmas when you have a bunch of kids in your house for Christmas when the family comes over? <laughs> the opposite of everything Jamie does. I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say, if in some alternate universe that would ever happen, <laughs> then that's probably about the version that I would tell <laughs> She has to take time out of her day to do her romantic comedy podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I don't like to uh, comment on Al's big speeches too much because I feel like I can never do them any more justice than what they are. So I like to refrain. Um. <laughs> now, for some married with children, words of wisdom. Press button A for Eastern philosophy. Press B for last night's basketball scores. <laughs> Press C if you like your own personalized videotape of you pressing C. <laughs> you have pressed A. Heavy Eastern philosophy. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stop sending money to World Hunger Organization. Well, I don't want to seem cruel, you know, but... Uh, I'm, a, I'm an American, you know? You're just like you. I think we've done a lot. I think we pretty much fucking give out. You know, we give, we give, we give. And they fucking make these commercials to fuck with your head. You know, you're sitting at home, you're having a wonderful time, enjoying what the fuck you put together from scratch, on your own, in your own life. You turn on the television and they got this fucking two-year-old, three-inch wasted kids and we're going, and the voiceover's like, won't you please help? What kind of sick fucking bastard are you? How can you sit there in that air condition, fully heated home with an icebox and cupboard full of food in a country where you can eat 24 hours a day while little Haji pick up that fucking phone, won't you please help her? Try to guilt trip the shit out of him. It's like, hey, why don't you feed him? You're only five feet away. Why don't you give him one of your sandwiches you packed for the day? Hop on! <laughs> Fucking commercials, man. You know the guy's right off camera with a baby Ruth going. They can't see me, can they? Can hear this? If I could only walk. <laughs> Come on, it's right there. Reach for it. <laughs> Come on, they gear these fucking things up to fuck with your head, man. They know what they're doing. You got a director there going, come on, don't feed him yet, don't feed him yet! The light was bad on that last one. Let's get one more take. Come on, Haji, get back in the mud hole. Come on. Come on, let's get out of here, these fucking mosquitoes, Jesus. I don't need that shit. You want to help them? You really want to help these people? 
Stop sending them food. Don't send these people another bite. You want to help them? Send them U-Hauls. Send them luggage, folks. Send them somebody like me. I'll walk out there. Send a guy there that goes, hey, hey, we just drove 700 miles with your food. And it occurred to us that there wouldn't be world hunger if you people would live where the food is! You live in a fucking desert! You live in a fucking desert! Yes! You live in a fucking desert! Nothing grows here! Nothing's gonna grow here! Son of a bitch. You see this, huh? You see this? This is sand, yeah! Did you know nothing can grow in this shit? Did you know that, huh? Here, eat some of it. Taste it, motherfucker. It's sad. You know it's going to be 100 years from now? It's going to be sad. You live in a fucking desert. Get your kids, get your shit. We'll make one trip. We'll take you to where the food is. We have deserts in America. We just don't live in them, asshole. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Now, who wants to hear about the red-headed Grinch that stole Uncle Al's life? There he is. He depressed us. Oh, you bitch! <laughs> All the moms walk in the store at once. And to me, that is ridiculous. Even if this kid... Let's just play this out. If this kid escaped the dungeon bathroom and went and told his mom and what's going on and... Like, so what? That mom somehow knew every single mom in that strip mall who may have a kid that is in Uncle Al's tot lounge and they all came together please but it's still great they all come in but I not great because I don't like that they're taking their money back meanwhile Al did occupy their kids the whole time they were shopping yeah, right? And they seem to only be giving each other, like, $3 each or something. Like, those were all singles. There wasn't a lot of them for how many mothers were there. Right. Al didn't charge a whole lot. I mean, I would just be like, you suck, dude, and throw the money in his face and leave. <laughs> yep. He didn't even get paid for that. Uh, so that's kind of unfair. I think he should go to the union. <laughs> <laughs> Un- unfair for Al Bundy. Never seen it happen before. <laughs> Fresh new concept just for this episode. Wow, since when do they start doing this now? Is that what we're going to be doing? Because I'm not going to review the rest of these if they're going to start being unfair to Al Bundy. But that, that is a good point, though, sometimes, because, like, a lot of times in the episodes you think, man, this can't get any worse for this guy. <laughs> it just does. <laughs> they find a way. You know, some of it's self-inflicted, but <laughs> not all of it. Attention, shoppers. The mall is now closing so that our merchants can get home and be with their loving families. Thank you for shopping with us. Merry Christmas.
and good night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With their loving family. <laughs> yeah, their loving family. And then Al's just sitting there, all tied up with Garland. And uh, that's the end of the episode. Uh, you know, for the first half of this two-parter. And I thought it was interesting that uh, both Ted McGinley and Sam Kennison get credits on this episode. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They, they Everybody gets credit on both. But that's what I'm trying to say. It's like one episode. Now, I got a question um, about the air date. Did it air a week apart from each other, I wonder? Because a lot of the times, if you notice, too, with Christmas, uh, shows will take a week off around that time, too. So, you know? They both aired the same night. They did? Okay, so that's what I mean. So it was the 17th, you said? So, yeah, so that makes sense. That's cool. And it was... uh, What's more important is that it was... Now, I, I don't know if this is true. According to the wiki, it is. This was recorded on December 8th, which is a very important detail that will come up when we look at Kelly's outfit in the next half. Hmm. Because it means that we can say whatever we want. Ah! <laughs> oh, the boy, the moment come. I've been waiting for. <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> settle. Jamie, been talking about this for months. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's like, oh, good, the floodgates are open. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care. I just, uh, you guys can go at it. I just didn't, I won't have a lot to contribute to that. Oh, sure you will. You can appreciate <laughs> a female body, you told us. Well, I can, that's for sure. Yeah, that's all we need. All right. <laughs> so, guys, tune in next week as we review the second half of this epic saga entitled It's a Bundyful Life. Al blows his last chance for a Merry Christmas until a gruff guardian angel shows him how his neighborhood would be without him. Neighborhood or house or... Eh, either way. It's amazing. Tune in next week. Oh, oh!